Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As a Tuesday is upon us, and we look at the number that has a lot of green on the screen. Of course, we know that weather has continued to be kind of thought about from the producer standpoint. Maybe the markets are starting to look at it a little bit more. We're going to find all that out with PJ Conrad as he joins us this afternoon with Trade Offs. And first and foremost, uh, the winds have moved in across really the whole upper Midwest, and we know that weather is kind of the, the water cooler talk today. You know, it's a driving factor, and uh, it's nice to see grain markets reacting today, probably a little bit to do with the report yesterday afternoon. You know, we're obviously maturity, we're pretty significantly behind, especially in those states, you know, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and uh, those three states are all going to get hit pretty good, especially the Dakotas. Um, you know, they're talking some large amounts of snow and also very, very freezing weather. So it's good to see the markets react to it. The question is what comes up from here. Um, we've had a nice little run up today, up eight and a half, and then closed just off the highs of the day. You look at from here, if we can forge forward, we're at 395 where we closed that today. And if we can get back to that 401 to 409, that's where the 100 and 200 day moving averages are sitting. So. It'd be nice to see us forge forward up there. We'll see what the rest of the week brings. They do have a big USDA report coming up Thursday, so it seems like there's a lot of a lot of action in the markets. If we can get the kind of get the ball to bounce our way, so to speak, we might see a nice little firework here. You know, we see these reports come out. They've come out all season every Monday afternoon. As you guys look at it, as we continue to see this delay in harvest, how much weight are you guys putting on these weekly reports? You know, not a ton. I mean, really, we're going to get the stuff. We're going to get things down. We'll probably see a pretty decent jump here in Nebraska area and Iowa. A big chunk of harvest this week. I mean, relatively dry until late in the week. So I think that's a big driver. I think the biggest thing, I guess, looking at uh, the core maturity progress, and you're talking, you know, usually South Dakota is 80% mature, and we're at 36%. North Dakota is usually 75 or at 22 And then Minnesota is at 39% mature, we're usually at 83 so I think you factor those things in, and then with the frost and snow coming through, it has a bigger effect than most years when our normal frost is coming in this time of year anyways. So, I, it, you know, what trade wants to do with it from here is anybody's guess. The funds are pretty short, and we've been seeing some good things from the technical side of things in the chart that you could potentially see us at least try to go back to that 401 to 409, which is actually a great opportunity here to be trying to get caught up on sales, too. I mean, nobody knows if we're going back to 450 or if we're going to go back to 350, but I think uh, if you if you didn't get much sold uh, you know, two months ago and you're sitting here today unsold, you at least got to do something proactive and scale your way into it, even if it's a small portion. I know you don't have an agronomy hat on by any means, but we did have a listener that sent in and was kind of more of a discussion comment. You know, we know that the Dakotas, Wisconsin, Minnesota gets got their crop in late. They're talking anywhere from a yield loss of 10%, maybe even more. So as you guys look at that data, how much do you tie in or, or grab a hold of some of your agronomy friends to say, what does this mean? And then be able to put a kind of an economist market analyst on it. Well, you know, it's just, I was just having that conversation with one of my uh, clients that, that sells seed as well, and a Pioneer dealer, and we were talking about it, and it's like a large part of the Corn Belt is dented, though, and so it's how much does this frost hurt the stuff that's not at black layer yet, but it's already dented, you know, how much is that going to take off on yield? I mean, that's like the million-dollar question, right, is, is what's this actually do to the late-planted stuff? And I think that's something today that's, you know, pretty pretty hard to put a number on. I mean, you can run the statistics till you're blue in the face of what it has done in the past and no different in your late planted corn too of saying well usually if you're planted after what middle of may you start losing yield 
Well, you might, and every year there's a different thing. It's like we're finishing out this crop, or we were finishing out pretty well in a lot of spots to have this frost and snow come at us, I guess, a little bit. Uh, it's normal for the time of year, but maybe not as heavy, especially up in the Dakotas. I think Nebraska's first snow last year was October 13th. That being said, it's not like we've been harvesting for a lot more than a week where it just seems like we're slow to go right now. Well, looking at what we're seeing as we move forward, I mean, a positive number seen in the trade today all the way across the board. Are we seeing any um, kind of weaker anticipation as to what we're going to see with, we know South America's planting is underway. They're finally getting some rains. Anything else influencing on this corn market? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to look at and say, well, you know, what's going to happen yield-wise, harvest pressure, can we keep this thing rolling forward? Um, you know, the biggest thing is you're starting to see funds kind of jump in here and maybe exit some of their short positions. But they do have a big week, a big report coming up, as we've kind of found this year more, and it seems like the last few is these October reports and, and any of these USDA reports can sway the markets pretty hard. So depending on what they come out with uh, Thursday morning, it could be dictated one way or the other. The question is, do they worry about what's on the report or worry about what's coming across the radar screen you know, on, on Thursday morning because we might be seeing that cold and, and also snow coming across then as well. Looking at that Thursday report, um, have you had any chance to kind of digest what you think this report might have to say and how we market going up into those numbers on Thursday? Yeah, you know, like I said, I still think if you're... Uh, you, I can paint a bullish picture and a bearish picture pretty quick at these levels. Um, you know, we're about back to where we, you know, from a retracement standpoint, and uh, you know, we've rallied what fifty-three cents or forty-three cents off the lows, and that's just kind of been the last thirty days. So you don't want to look at this too long either. It's just like when we got to four fifty to four seventy, and it maybe felt like we were going to five, and, and today might feel like we're going back to four twenty. But take what you think you know and toss it out the window because this whole year has been a crapshoot of trying to outguess or predict it, and really we're not doing anything that's unseasonal as far as rallying off harvest lows here. Those are usually put in somewhere between the middle of September and the middle of October. We rally off that. These are other driving factors fundamentally that are running this higher. It sure feels that way. There's a lot more to talk about, and I think with that stocks report we had, it put maybe the corn market on a little more notice for this year. That's probably what's helping the run-up now is with this frost and the lower you know, 300 million bushels that we don't have from the 18 crop it, it's all kind of a compounding thing but i think at the end of the day too we're we're talking with the cheapest corn in town either so well stick around folks we've got more coming up with the fontanelle final bell we'll talk a little bit more trade action we know have things happening with japan what about china more is coming up after this it's the fontanelle final bell on the royal radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as PJ Conrad joins us this afternoon with Trade Us. We knew that yesterday we got the word that an agreement had been signed with Japan between our president and theirs. You look at that, the excitement that evolved around that, then to say, okay, trade talk number 13 is around the corner on Thursday with China. Get Japan, we know that USMCA, there's just a lot of trade things happening this week. There is. Uh, it'd be nice to see some of the stuff inked and done and get more of the details. Just no different than you know the biofuel stuff that Trump talked about on on Friday, and then kind of talked about a little bit more again, I guess today or yesterday. And we still just don't know a ton of the details behind it. So I guess that's something I think everybody would like to see: is hey, what's this actually? What are the numbers actually in all this? So we can digest it as a as a market trade. Um, yeah, you got China coming back to town on on Thursday, and yeah, it just seems like. Uh, they said that they're not and too worked up to get a deal done, but 
you know, it's kind of the darkest before the dawn type situation that we actually get something done or at least a short-term reprieve on some of these, uh, I think agricultural-wise, some of these things, too, that could push us at least higher in the markets. Um, it's all factoring in, and it's weird. You've got three big events kind of hitting all at the end of this week with the snow and cold weather and trade talks with China and the USDA report. So how much of that can, if one of those things go negative, can the other two, if the market positive, I guess that's the the million-dollar question of what's driving forward of uh, where is market going to take us if, you know, we have another failed trade situation with China and more tariffs come on, I guess. That's what you have to assume going into that uh, trade talks in the week because anything else has been kind of laughable at this point. You know, uh, uh, excitement is literally just one tweet away, isn't it? It really is. He could tweet today that we're, uh, we're going to get a deal done tomorrow. So, And then the market hysteria would just go crazy. But that's just the nature of... Uh, Having President Trump as our president, what he's done is really put the fourth spotlight on him, and that's what it'll continue to be. Jump over to the cattle market. We saw late trade on Saturday for cash cattle. Did that kind of set the stage for what we may or may not see this week? Yeah, I mean, I think it helped. We've kind of consolidated at the top here. I mean, it'd be nice to see us maybe go test up that 112 to 113 level on, say, the, the D's fats. I mean, that's where the 200-day moving average is, but... I'd say right now, you know, we sold off 40 cents today. Nothing, pretty quiet day. I mean, all in all, we're just chopping back and forth here. Especially, I guess it's been nice to see maybe with hogs up, you know, these hogs up three bucks. It's been nice to see cattle make a little run higher. But, you know, cattle are also 12 bucks off their lows, too. That wasn't that long ago. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And if you got if you got cattle finishing out now, I guess you got to look at being a hedger or or if you're buying the feeders and now look at what you can sell them at the furs and at least put yourself in position and not watch this thing roll back over again. Well, to see some higher box beef prices on a Tuesday, though, has got to be some positive news for these cattle guys. <clears throat> Finally, a little bit of love for them. It's been, uh, been a tough last few months in the cattle guy, too. So, Well, what about these hogs? I know that we saw, the, I mean, yesterday we had to deal with a limit down trade. Today we kind of came back in the markets and soared. Is it just because we're waiting on some sort of news to come out of China as African swine fever continues to keep hold over there? I think so. I mean, I think it'd be nice to see, our, you know, our trade would like to see a trade deal done where it feels like our export could explode then. Um, you know, soybeans kind of the same way. Soybeans have really held their own from a, a price standpoint. They've bounced off this moving averages there. So you feel pretty good about that. I think the underlying issue is our demand still isn't going to be as good for beans. We need to probably export more pork, and that'd give them real worked up. So we get something done with China, but anytime you can get a positive three dollar day in the hogs and some of the numbers we saw earlier in the week, you know, there's some positivity there. It's how much does trade want to buy into it? And it just seems like they're a little bit timid right now. I'd say in all the markets, uh, some of the yield numbers you're hearing on corn and soybeans maybe aren't up to par of where they were last year. So you know, how much of that is already factored in to trade, and how much that's factored into what the USDA is saying? And that's what kind of makes this time of year fun is you're hearing a lot of different numbers coming in and out from a yield standpoint. So, you know, as far as hogs go, it would be nice to see another leg higher here and go back and try to at least get back to, you know, 71, and that's where the 100 or 200-day moving average sits today. So another big day tomorrow, we'd be right back there. But yeah, it's good to have a Tuesday in the green and hopefully some sustained momentum going into the end of the week. So for that livestock guy that's closely watching the, the lack there of harvest and, and wondering about prices, what's some advice that you might be giving to somebody in making those grain purchases come later this fall into the winter? 
you know, I think if you can lock in something now that makes sense, yeah, that's still variable from feedlot to feedlot, obviously, but if you can lock in some prices that make sense today, I'd go ahead and do it. I mean, not saying we couldn't go lower. Um, things that would appear to be at least supportive. Uh, I mean, could we sell off 10, 15 cents? Yeah, that's not a big move, um, but they could definitely go 10, 15 cents higher. I mean, I just think with yields and everything else coming in, you're going to see corn at least trying to stabilize in here. Um, you know, could you see more downside? Sure, but I think from a cattle use standpoint, locking something in here makes sense. All right, sounds good, PJ. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? You can call us at 402-858-7501 or contact us on any social media platform at Tradeoff LLC. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Don't forget, you can catch this as a podcast as well, not only through our website at ruralradio.com, but wherever you pick up your favorite podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Radio Network.